Hey y'all, Rachel here. Before we get into the podcast episode, I wanted to um, let you guys know about our VIP section newsletter. So that comes out every Tuesday and Thursday. On Tuesdays, it's more um, just about behind the scenes stuff and also little motivation and things of that nature um, on Tuesdays. And then on Thursdays is mainly about the podcast itself. Uh, Obviously, whatever episode comes out that week, Um, and you also get to listen to the podcast, uh, the night before everybody else gets to listen to it. So, um, if you are a part of the VIP section, you get to listen to the podcast episodes on Wednesday night at 10 PM central, uh, instead of, uh, Thursday, whenever I post about it. Um, because normally, um, I tend to post about it at about 7 AM on, um, on social media, but you guys get to listen to it the night before. So, um, if you are interested in joining the VIP section newsletter, it is absolutely free. I do not charge you guys to be a part of this. So, um, the link is in the description and uh, let's get into it. Welcome to Race Wife Unfiltered, hosted by your favorite bougie race wife, Rachel Thornhill. Every week, she shares stories of her life as a race wife and other women in motorsports, giving them a platform so their voices can be heard. Hey guys, welcome back to Race Wife Unfiltered. I am your host, Rachel Thornhill, and today we have a special guest. She's a race car driver from New Zealand, and she competed in the Australian Super 3 Series um, and the Porsche Sprint Challenge in Australia, and now she's competing in the Sprint Challenge in North America. So uh, welcome, Madeline Stewart. Hi, Madeline. Hi, thank you for having me. Yeah, no, definitely. I'm glad you were able to um, to come onto the podcast. I know we had issues trying to, you know, work out schedules because you were in Australia for a while and New Zealand for a while. And so it's like, you know, you were like, I can do it while I'm in the States, but like, I'm like, you only had like a certain block of time. So I'm glad we were able to figure that out. Yeah, me too. It's been super busy, like three countries in the last few months and just going back and forth between Australia and the US. Um, so I've been flat out and it's very random. Like I don't really have a schedule at the moment. It just depends what's going on at the time. So it is difficult, but I'm glad we made it happen too. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Like when you told me you're like, um, I can do it at like 8am your time. I'm like, okay, done. Like, cause I'm like, we've been trying to plan this for over a month now. And I'm like, we, yeah, we just got to get it done. So <laughs> I was like, I'm going to block the time out of my schedule. Cause yeah, especially with you, when you were in Australia, obviously the time difference is massive compared to the U S. So it was, yeah, it was difficult for us to figure that out. So yeah, it's super different. I was just chatting to my parents now and it's like, 11 o'clock at night there and they're oh, going wow. to bed. So very different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. So obviously, you know, you started, you started out, um, in carts and, and things like that. But so 
did you grow up like in a family that was into racing or was this just something you guys just jumped into? No, we're very much a racing family. So I'm third generation. Um, my granddad raced back in the day and then my dad grew up racing go-karts with his brothers and then he got into cars. So I was pretty much at a racetrack from about three months old. Um, and then my sister, she started begging for a go-kart about the time when all of our friends who their dads raced against my dad, they all started getting go-karts and got into karting. And my sister begged for a couple of years to get a go-kart. Um, my dad said, no, it costs too much money and it's too time consuming. And mum was like, don't be silly. We'll do one race meeting a month just at the local club super casual um and dad still refused but he was racing one weekend and mum went and bought my sister a go-kart <laughs> she's like no she's getting one like you do it so no like we're gonna get her one too. <laughs> yeah she was basically like ashley has begged for two and a half years for this and she wow. won't let up so um she was like it's it's time to let them race and so my sister raced for about a year um, and then when she moved up into the next class, I got her go-kart and I got to start as well. And I was about nine when I started. Oh, nice. So, um, obviously you did the carts and then you ended up moving up into the super three series. So tell us about that. Cause obviously in the States that that's something we do not have. <laughs> so, um, so yeah. So, you know, what's that series like? Yeah. So growing up in Australia, and New, and New Zealand, um, we look at the V8 Supercar Series, and that is basically the pinnacle of motorsport in Australia, um, and then also kind of New Zealand, because as countries, we do a lot together. Mm -hmm. um, so when I grew up, I lived in New Zealand all through um, high school, but I also raced in Australia. So I went back and forth between Australia and New Zealand growing up. So pretty much I'd be at school Monday to Wednesday, fly to Australia Thursday, be at the track Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then Sunday night fly back to New Zealand um, and do it all again. And it would be two to three weekends out of a month we'd do that. So mm -hmm. all through that, the goal was supercars. So V8 supercars um, basically is two feeder categories and the next one below is Super 2 and then below that is Super 3. So um it is an older generation V8 supercar, but basically the same car, probably a little bit harder to drive. It doesn't um, feel quite as nice. I was lucky enough to drive um, the Super 3 car, the Super 2 car and the V8 supercar at the time um, for Brad Jones Racing. So I got to feel what each car felt like on a test day. So that was really cool. Um, but it was awesome. When I joined the Super 3 series, it was actually called the Kumo series and it wasn't super popular, um, but then Supercars as a company took it under their wing and kind of created Super 3. And from there, there were, ended up being a lot of us young drivers that stepped into it. So people from Formula Ford, Toyota 86. Um, I was straight out of go-karts, which was quite a big step. <laughs> Going from a go-kart to a V8 was mm -hmm. a big step, but... Um, it ended up being a really, really great championship. There was about 20 of us that were really up and coming um, and I got to race that for the year. So it was really good experience um, all around Australia and a lot of fun. 
Yeah, um, that sounds really neat. And like you said, um, going from a car to this supercar was, you know, completely different, obviously. So, so yeah. So do you feel like, um, going from the go-kart to that car, was there like a, was there a huge transition? Like, was there a lot of things that you kind of had to unlearn from karting, um, to be able to drive this car? Yeah, it was a massive transition. Like a lot of people do, do the stepping stones like formula Ford or 86s mm-hmm. or something like that. Um, and we didn't and i was lucky enough that brad jones who's a supercar team owner he kind of took me under his wing and was like no i feel like you can go straight into supercars um but there was a lot to learn around car balance and also like weight transfer in a go-kart that's not such a big deal we don't have suspension none of that Mm -hmm. really matters so in a car your inputs make such a big difference on how the car handles and I was still struggling to learn that at first. Um, if I'd done it again, I think maybe a season and something else might have helped. But mm-hmm. also, I really understood why he put me straight in a supercar because, like you said, there you can learn bad habits. So even if right. you go for eighty sixes or Formula Ford or something, you can learn things that aren't great for then when you go into a supercar. So mm-hmm. I didn't have any of those habits, but I was very fresh um, in starting off. So it was challenging at the time, but I think, you know, through my whole racing career, to be honest, my parents have very much pushed me in the deep end. And then I've just had to work out how to make it happen from there. Yeah. Um, and, and it's great that you have such supportive parents that, you know, wanted you to be able to, you know, live out this dream. I mean, because now, look, I mean, you're in the Porsche Sprint Challenge and you're traveling all over the place and, you know, you're, you know, and you're doing this as like, you know, a full time profession. And so um, and obviously your parents helped you, you know, get that start. And, uh, you know, and that's a, a great thing that they were, you know, willing to push you to you know, make that happen. Yeah, absolutely. I was actually talking to someone just the other day about how lucky I am that they've been so supportive. So I don't think I realized until I've gotten older how lucky I am to have a father that was so supportive of both of his daughters racing Um, and not even supportive, but just never treated us any differently to if we Mm -hmm. were boys or never implied that it's because we're a girl, if things aren't going well, he is just not in him at all. He put us in front of the TV to watch racing when we were babies and he would sit next to us and we'd watch racing when we couldn't even function. Like it put us to sleep. Um, <laughs> so it it's really lucky, like we're really lucky to have had that. Um, and I think that it's that kind of thing that, helps generations and have more females in a male dominated sport because it's it's really easy for a a dad to be like hey son should we go to the racetrack but sometimes fathers don't think about taking their daughters there right um and dad never thought twice about it and we used to get when we were younger growing up karting we'd have some dads say to us oh i bet your dad wishes he had sons and they just wouldn't even realize that 
that's kind of insulting. Yeah. Um, and it didn't even click to them. They would just, you know, laugh it off. And it's while we're at the go-kart track. And mm -hmm. I remember saying to dad, I don't understand. And he was like, yeah, honestly, me either, because there's nothing you guys don't do. And I'm really happy with having two daughters that race and it's really fun. And I don't ever wish that I had sons. Right. Um, maybe sons might have been a little bit cheaper and <laughs> everything else <laughs> but other than that I think he's pretty happy and and then on the flip side of that I have mum who was the one that encouraged us to get into go-karting she then encouraged us to make the next step and organized mm -hmm. us racing in Australia she then organized me doing a test in a V8 supercar um, and then when I went back to her and said hey I've got this opportunity to race in the states and like, what should I do? She was the one that was like, yeah, you need to go for it. So on both sides, I've had a lot of support. Yeah. And, um, and that's a great thing. Like you mentioned with your dad that, you know, he didn't keep you guys from doing racing because he didn't think of it as like, oh, it's a man's sport, like, you know, and, um, and that, and that's a great thing because l like you said, there are a lot of people that do think that, um, and that's also why a lot of women are not in motorsports is because, you know, they were brought up with that stereotype or they weren't exposed to racing because, you know, it's like, oh, we're just going to take the son to, to the track and not the girls. And, and I understand that because being a race wife myself, my husband drives a dirt late model and um, my kids, my daughters grew up at the racetrack. Like they, they've been in it since they were little. I mean, my youngest daughter was almost born at a racetrack. I, I was about, I was starting to go into labor at the racetrack. <laughs> so I totally understand that. And like, and that's why like there, my youngest is all over it. She wants to actually start driving herself. Like she, she wants to kick my, my husband out of his car. Um, Cause he was like, well, I guess I'm going to have to retire cause she wants my car. And she's like, no, she's like, no, like, I don't really want your car. Like I want my own car and we race <laughs> together. But yeah. So, um, so yeah, it's like, I, so I totally get why you and your sister would end up, you know, racing because it's in your blood. It's something that you've been exposed to since you were babies. Yeah, it really is. Like we are full like race family. It sounds like you guys are the same, but mm -hmm. we watch all kinds of racing. If racing's on on the weekend, we'll all sit and watch it on TV together. Right. Otherwise we'll go to race meetings mm -hmm. and watch it. Like we just love it. And it's really cool as well because my dad raced as a hobby um, and loved it so much, but I never ever thought that I could be a professional racing driver. Like, even growing up, my dad, as supportive as he is, he's very much, he's very realistic. Mm -hmm. And he was never that parent at the kart track, like, oh, you'll be the next Lewis Hamilton. Or, right. That was not my parents. Mm -hmm. They were like, you know, things are hard. Not many people get to be race car drivers. Um, you'll probably not make it, which is fine is what it is. But we're never going car racing, so work hard at school, go to university, get a good degree, mm -hmm. make enough money one day that you can go racing. And yeah. I was always like, okay, that's just how life works. And mm -hmm. so my whole life growing up, I raced as hard as I could and things went really, really well. 
Um, and it wasn't until I was probably 17, which is quite late, that I had a coach say to me, hey, you know, you can make something out of this and you can have this as a career. And my whole family were like, oh, okay. Because <laughs> um, as you know, like it's important to be the whole package. And um, right. I I did do a lot of stuff at school, like speech and drama. And so like media wise, all that kind of thing, I've learned pretty well. Um, my sister did a degree in communications and PR. So I've learned a lot off her for that kind of thing as well. Um, and then I was getting really good results racing go-karts. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it wasn't until I was like 17 that I actually started to try and pursue this as a career. So um, a little bit late, but it's, been quite fast paced since then yeah. and, and um making the steps forward so it's pretty cool yeah because i mean you start so you obviously tried to start your professional career at 17 and i mean you're you know you're going to be 23 now so i mean that's that's not a ton of time that like you've you know fast tracked through um so yeah i mean you you were able to like really build that up in a short period of time yeah, and and like I said, a lot of that kind of comes from my parents being supportive and pushing me along. So I guess that's part of the reason we did miss Formula Ford and 86 and like Aussie racing cars and those kind of steps because I a lot of kids get into that when they're like 14 and I was already mm. 17. So we missed that out. Um, and then unfortunately, we did have a couple of years of COVID, as everyone knows. Right. Uh and that was difficult because that was at quite a crucial time in my career. And um, and I'd only done one season of racing a car. So then mm. you really want to be able to build on that momentum of what you've learned and continue on. But I didn't get to do that because Australia pretty much shut down. Right. Um, and we didn't get to travel state to state. And mm. so pretty much no racing happened. So I think I raced three times um in 2020 and 2021 so yeah so that was a difficult couple of years and of course you get to the point where you're like okay do I continue with this do Mm -hmm. I put forward is this just not going to happen like is the universe saying now's not the time and do something else um but again my parents are fantastic and they're like no you had a couple of years taken from you as did everybody else Mm -hmm. Um, so you've got to give it at least another year and have a shot. So we did that last year in Australia um, in Sprint Challenge Australia. So right. basically the same thing that I'm racing in America. I raced in Australia, um, but just different cars. So last year I raced a, a Dot 2 and this year I'm racing a 992. So um, I really like the 992. <laughs> okay. I was about to ask you which one you liked better. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I really like the 992. <laughs> um, it's nice that Porsche can develop a car that's even better because I thought the 991 was cool. Um, and it was. It was a great car. But, yeah, last year went pretty well. Lots of top fives, um, a couple podiums. And then, unfortunately, I did blow up an engine and I had to miss around. So I mm-hmm. didn't really have a good championship result overall. Um, just from losing those points. But we then decided to kind of start looking at the US and everything here is so great. 
um, I'm enjoying it so much and just the people and the atmosphere and the racetracks are so cool. Um, so I'm, yeah, it's definitely been a fast paced couple of years, but we've progressed pretty nicely considering everything. Yeah. So, um, so what track have you liked so far in the U S? Um, so I actually really liked Sebring, um, which surprised me because when I first drove there, we were at an apex test day and there were so many cars there and there were lots of like GTD cars and LMP3 cars and then a few Porsches, mm-hmm. um, like cup cars. And I, I drove out and there were cars everywhere and the track was so busy and it was the second track I'd been to in the US. I'd already tested at Barber, but I'd mm-hmm. done like a couple of half days and one full day there. And then I came to Sebring and it was so much busier and there was so much going on. And I remember coming into the pits and I was like, oh my goodness, like that's crazy um, with the bumps and everything. But I actually loved Sebring and I it went really well for my first round. Um, but I liked, it was very technical, like because of mm-hmm. the bumps, the car position really mattered so that you were able to get on the throttle when you needed to and the car was pointed in the right direction because the bumps affected the handling so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of the different track surfaces, you had to drive slightly different in places. So I liked that about it. Oh, yeah. Um, Sebring's a very interesting track. Um, and obviously you said you tested at Barber. I've been to Barber. I haven't been to Sebring, but Barber is really unique like i just like the way that that track is um and yeah um i haven't been able to actually see anybody race on it yet um i haven't been to an actual race but i've been to like the museum and so i was able to actually see the track and yeah that's a really neat track so yeah barber's great i enjoyed barber as well i'm actually liking a lot of the tracks here so everything here is bigger and Mm -hmm. um so that's really cool and a lot of tracks that are really iconic as well like i do get to go to road america and coda um, and then indy so for me growing up kind of hearing those names and watching races at those tracks is pretty exciting for me this year yeah um yeah and i mean indy i mean that's such an iconic place i mean anybody would love to you know to drive on indy period like I mean, even people that aren't drive like race car drivers would want to drive on Indy. <laughs> like, um, so yeah. And then obviously you mentioned Coda, Road America. Yeah, I mean those are such you know amazing tracks, and to be able to you know be on one of those is like honestly it's a highlight you know of your career. So yeah, yeah. I totally understand that. Yeah, and just I mean even this. In the next couple of weeks, I'm at um, Mid-Ohio and I'm racing as a support for IndyCar. So mm-hmm. even getting to be at those events is really cool yeah. as well. So like that's fun to kind of be a part of that. Um, so experiencing everything in the U.S. is is awesome and I'm, I'm just loving it. Yeah, no, um, and I'm glad that you were able to, you know, have that opportunity, um, you know, that you were able to be like, oh, I'm going to go race in the States, you know, and see, and see what happens. And obviously, you know, it's, um, 
yeah, it's different. Like you said. Um, but when it comes to the people, I know you said that you really like the people here. So like, did you have like any type of like culture shock, like coming over here? Like, you know, where it was like way different. Yeah, there's actually a lot that's different. Um, if the food's really different. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm like learning kind of about that. In Australia, breakfast is a really big deal. Mm -hmm. um, so we go out and have a lot of big, like really nice breakfasts. Whereas here, I feel like more people kind of go out for dinner maybe. Yeah. Um, so it's funny, that kind of thing. Um, in terms of like the racetrack, I've found everyone here and like my race team's amazing jdx but they're so accommodating and everybody here is so passionate which i really enjoy um it's really nice to be in that kind of environment where everyone is so excited about the racing and the fans are really nice and it's yeah i have some really great fans back in Australia too and that I um I feel very supported all the time so it's really nice but meeting people here has been great too and um my my mechanics my engineers my coach everyone here has been great to work with and I just feel like my progression this year has been so strong because of that yeah and I understand that it's like so when you have people that are being patient with you like you know and you you know they're not like screaming at you or whatever like it does it helps a lot for you to be able to grow because it's like okay like because they're a lot more open they're like they'll tell you what you're doing wrong but they won't like say it in a in a tone where it's like almost like degrading you um and so yeah i i understand that it's like and that really helps you grow as a person because you're not like feeling like you're gonna walk on eggshells all the time <laughs> so yeah that's exactly it and i'm lucky enough that my driver coach is actually a porsche factory driver mm -hmm. um so his name's jackson evans and it's really great having a coach that's also a racing driver and is you know in a high level professionally and is kind of somewhere where i'd like to get to because he really understands what it's like to be a driver um and so when we're communicating we speak the same language. He's also a Kiwi that grew up in Australia. Oh, okay. So um, we really do speak the same language. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's been nice to kind of learn from him and not just learn about um, specific like driving things, but learning about racecraft and new kind of skills that I can develop. So um, that's been really good. And then, yeah, my engineer, my team boss, my mechanics, like they're all fantastic and they all really treat me like a professional, which is nice because I think that creates that kind of environment where we're learning together and progressing really well. Yeah. Um, and, and it's also great that like, obviously this is somebody that came from the same country as you and all of that. So they kind of understand like, the transition you would have gone through to get where you are. So I think having that common interest like that, um, make, you know, makes it easier for you to be able to, um, you know, learn from that person because they've kind of gone through all the same things you've gone through. So. Yeah, absolutely. And, and more so. Right. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I'm hoping to kind of follow in his footsteps a little bit as well. Yeah. 
Um, and obviously it's working out for you, you know, him being your coach, because you're obviously doing really well here. <laughs> so, um, and, and I'm sure, you know, we're going to see a lot more from you. Um, so, um, you know, um, so for everybody that is listening, I'm going to link all of Madeline's social media, everything. So you guys can follow her journey. So she, you know what she's up to, because obviously she's up to a lot between three different countries right now. So, <laughs> um, so obviously, you know, whether it's here in the States or in New Zealand or in Australia, she's always doing something. So, um, you guys can, you know, make sure that you follow her and, you know, keep up with all the races that she has going on. So you guys can, you know, go out there and see her, you know, do her thing. Cause obviously, you know, that she's obviously making some really big moves here in the U S. Um, and so, yeah, no, I, I'm so glad you were able to come on and, you know, share your story because honestly, you know, being able to come from another country like that and, you know, make your way into the U S um, and, you know, make a name for yourself. Um, and kind of technically starting over because, you know, you were known in Australia and New Zealand, but you, people didn't know you here. So it's like, you're kind of having to like take your brand and like revamp and like redo things. And so, um, to be able to make a name for yourself here, um, is impressive. And so, yeah. yeah. Thank you. It's definitely like, um, exactly like you said, it's a big transition because I do have people in Australia and New Zealand and, um, and on top of like the support, it's also, you know, that sponsorship. So Mm -hmm. those kind of connections I'm rebuilding, um, but it's honestly fantastic so far. Like everyone I've met has been so supportive, um, Porsche North America have been supportive. I've got a scholarship. Um, with them mm-hmm. this year which is great and supported by Yokohama and Deluxe so that's been fantastic and I just can't believe the amount of support I've had since coming here from everyone in the U.S. so um, that's really cool. Yeah yeah um, and obviously yeah like you mentioned you have to you're having to like re- pretty much rebrand yourself here but it's obviously working <laughs> because, you know, you're getting the support that, you know, that you should. And you obviously have a really great team um, that's behind you. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I wish you nothing but the best um, because obviously we need more women here, um, especially in the Porsche Sprint Challenge. You don't really have a lot, you know. Um, and so um, for you to make a name for yourself and be able to, you know, be that example um, in that racing organization is, you know, a huge thing. And so, yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And I'm glad that you were able to, you know, take time out of your busy schedule. I know you're probably going to be like jumping into something pretty soon. So, uh, today, so yeah, I'm I'm glad that you were able to take the time out. Yeah, no, it's, it's been fun. So thank you for having me and helping me share my story and, um, yeah, getting my brand out to more people in the U.S. Yeah, no, you're welcome. Okay, guys, that was it. Uh, that was Madeline Stewart uh, of the Porsche Sprint Challenge North America series. Um, and like we mentioned in earlier in the podcast, um, Madeline's pretty much 
trying to start anew here, you know, fresh. And um, let's be honest, this Porsche Sprint Challenge isn't really talked about here. Um, And so obviously I want that to change because women like Madeline or, um, you know, there's women in the Porsche Carrera Cup. For some reason, you know, here, the series that Porsche sponsors, a lot of them don't really get, um, you know, the recognition. Um, and so I definitely want that to change. And so guys, if you, uh, feel called to go to a Porsche sprint challenge race or just find out like what's going on, what their schedule is like, um, I'm going to leave those links down in the, uh, description. Um, and also I know that doesn't cater to Madeline, but I'll also leave information about the port Porsche Carrera cup too, because obviously, uh, Porsche deserves to be, um, recognized and supported here in the States with, um, with everything they have going on. Uh, so, so yeah, definitely check that out. Also, um, if you guys are loving the content, um, definitely follow us on whatever platform you subscribe to, um, whether that is Apple or Spotify or Google podcasts. Uh, we are on other platforms, but those are the main three. So, um, definitely check us out there. And if you would like to, uh, you can rate, um, on Spotify or Apple, and you can also leave a review on Apple. Um, I definitely read all the reviews that come through. Um, and it definitely lets me know that you guys are listening and that, you know, you're, that you're loving what we do, um, week in and week out. So definitely, um, take the time to do that. Also, um, as I mentioned, starting in September, September, we go to two episodes a week. Um, I am trying to get everybody's episodes in before the end of the year. Um, November, the very end of November, that week is the last week that we will have guest episodes. Uh, after that, for December and January, um, it will just be me or um, replays and things like that. Because uh, guys, uh, December makes a whole year since this podcast started. And it's all thanks to you. So, so yeah, that's it. Um, until next week, guys, take care.